our next guest will tell you everything you need to know about what wins championships. Defense. <laughs> and one team that's desperate for it going into this week, the Toronto Maple Leafs. We've seen a couple of adjustments on the on the D in terms of the pairing. And to get into that and so much more, let's bring in Gary Galley from Sportsnet Hockey Night in Canada. First of all, Gary, I want to tell you, I listened to you on Saturday night and the way that you made Montreal and Seattle sound like a game seven conference final, you, you should get a bonus in your contract for that. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was not an oil painting, put it that way. It, uh, it, it certainly, it's, it's, it certainly was, uh, you know, what, the expectation level. And again, I always tell people expectation level is what creates disappointment. So when I get into the building and I see the people, you know, getting into the seats and you feel the hum in the bell center and you start getting uh, excited to kind of, to kind of like hear that building get ramped up as it can get, uh, you know, you start to, you start to look forward to it and, 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 and get all excited. And then all of a sudden the, the air came out of the balloon rather quickly and uh, the fans at the Bell Center were not treated to what they certainly were hoping for, which was a team that had been playing so much better and with so much more energy uh, and a more exciting team to watch under Martin St. Louis, and it just uh, did not transpire. And Seattle just was not a dance partner that was going to make it any prettier. No, no doubt about that. Well, you know, we wanted to uh, talk to you about the Toronto Maple Leafs decor, which is also not described as an oil painting uh, throughout this season. You know, right now, Timothy Lilligren has been getting a lot of run on the top pair with Morgan Riley. And I feel like the tendency for a lot of people is to be like, well, he's not, not physical. He's not a, uh, your typical stay-at-home defenseman for Morgan. Is, is there something about Lilligren that you see that is making the Leafs keep him in the lineup? It looks like tonight he's in and Dermot's out. Is there something that I'm missing with Lilligren? I, I think that right now the Toronto Maple Leafs, are, are, are scratching and clawing at trying to find answers to questions that they have where they don't know if they're going to be able to solve them at the deadline. Right. Um, this is a team that's going into the playoffs with extremely high expectations, and I just talked about expectations and what happens when expectations get ramped up. And for Maple Leaf fans and people who follow the team, just even if you're not a fan and you're a fan of hockey in the National Hockey League, you know the disappointments of the Toronto Maple Leafs and you know how, how much anxiety and uh, angst it created uh, upon their depart last year to a lot of their star players who were looking for answers. So uh, look at, they're looking at playing a very good team in the first round, a team that uh, if you asked anybody would say that could go seven games and they could be eliminated, they could win. Uh, it could go either way with some of the teams they are going to play in the first round. So uh, they're trying to find answers and uh, to questions that they're not sure. And one of them is on defense. Can this guy step up? and play some big minutes with a player that's going to play against the other team's good lines, and can he hold his own? Um, they pro- possibly like the way he creates offense from the backside. Um, they probably like the way he, he, he can generate a little bit more than what the other guys can. So they're seeing if it can work. Uh, you know, I think his, his puck-moving skills might be a tad better. Uh, I think that's also an issue. Because when we look at a defenseman, we always look at a defenseman as, can he defend? Uh, is he good in his end? Can he defend? Does he know how to read the rush? Can he find the red flags in his zone if need be? But defense is also about uh, uh, scooping up pucks off the wall and dump-ins, one-pass exit, skating the puck out of the zone, joining the rush, finding the holes. 
uh, pinching on the walls. There's so many other uh, things that go along with this. And I think that they're seeing if Lilligren maybe has a few more of those and they're hoping that with some reps, he's going to, he's going to come along, but I'm not sure come playoff time, they're going to get the answers they want with the guys that they have. Uh, The name Labushkin has been one of those where uh, really not, I I won't even say low expectations. You just didn't know anything about him. Um, he came in with a bit of a reputation for being a, a bottom pair guy, but tonight he finds himself with a seven and a half million dollar defenseman beside him. And just your thoughts about that matchup, you know, Ga- uh, Gary, if I go into my day, especially when I think about uh, the New York Rangers, uh, you know, Brian Leach, one of the best defensemen in history, had a guy, Jeff Bukaboom and, Book knew exactly what his job was. And I'm not saying that Labushkin's Jeff Bukaboom here, but there is a tendency to think it makes sense. One guy's going to stay home, clear the house. The other guy's got freedom to go. Is that how you see it? I think it's sort of like that. I mean, I don't know if you're going to get to quite the, the, the two guys that you're talking about and discussed who were quite a, uh, quite a pairing for quite a while. And you're right. Uh, Book was just a guy that, that knew his job. Uh, and protected the guy that was next to him. And, and the fact that, you know, Leachy was such an incredible player. I mean, you're looking at the same kind of scenario, uh, I think at a bit of a lower level, but at the same scenario where they're not asking this guy to be, uh, you know, to be a rock star back there. Just do the simple things and be steady and be reliable. Um, when you look at Jake Muzzin, when they picked up Jake Muzzin, that's what they were hoping for. They were hoping for a guy that was going to bring them some size, some physicality, uh, a little bit of swagger, and he was gonna, and he was gonna, you know, he knew his role and he knew how to play it. Yeah, he would chip in from time to time here and there, but he understood that role. And and he's a guy that, you know, they're really unsure of what's going to happen. And I think that's a lot of what you're seeing right now. All this twisting and turning and putting guys into different pegs and trying to see if the square peg fits in the round hole. I think all of that is to try to find some balance. Um, so if they can't make a deal and they don't have room to make a deal or to get the right guy. Uh, that they have a plan moving forward. And I think that's maybe what they're, what, what they're doing now. And, uh, you know, same as in Nets. I mean, what's happening among, with their goaltending. I mean, right now uh, you, can score, uh, you can score a lot of goals, but if you can't stop them from going in your net, chances are you're not going to survive. And, and right now it, it's, quite a, it's quite an issue going on with the Maple Leafs. Maybe you can tell me what you think of this statistical weirdness with the Leafs. So they... They actually are first in the NHL in terms of offensive zone time against. So the other team plays in their end, the very least in the NHL. They, they break the puck out. They get it up to the forwards. They hardly spend any time on their own end. Uh, but they're 17th in goals against average, which to me says that they're, they're, the D they have are actually pretty good at what they do. But they're going to spend time in their own zone in the playoffs. Do you think it's possible to have your defensive strategy be play on offense more or play on offense so much you don't have to defend very much? Well, certainly, uh, you know, we, we hear all the time, a good defense creates offense, and, and I'll argue the other side of it too. A real good offense means you're spending, uh, you're spending more time with the puck, especially if you're good in the face-off dots, and the tra- Toronto Maple Leafs are, so they're getting possession a lot more than their opponent uh, right off the draws. I think those are important things to having the puck on your stick, and when the puck's on your stick, uh, you're not having to chase it and defend it, which as we know, is a lot harder to do and a lot more taxing. And, uh, and, and, and certainly, uh, you know, the more time you spend in your end, you know, that's really results to goals against. So the Maple Leafs have done a, a much better job. And remember, a lot of the numbers are, 
or Boyd, by the way, Jack Campbell played in the first part of the season. He was outstanding. And I think that that's what they needed. I mean, to win in this league, and, and, and Kipper, you've done that. You know what it's like. To win in this league, you need a goaltender that's nails. Uh, not, just, not just nails during the regular season, but has another gear come to playoffs. And I think what's happened is, is Jack Campbell possibly has run out of gas a little bit. You know, this is a lot of games that he's played. He's, he, you know, he's facing, uh, you know, he's played at a very top level. Uh, and the Maple Leafs were on quite the run, but then all of a sudden, he, at the All-Star break, he kind of ran out of gas, and I think he's having trouble, you know, getting back into form. So it's the same thing defensively. If you're in your end a lot and your goaltending is just so-so, it doesn't take a quality scoring chance to hurt you. It could be just an average scoring chance, and that takes the air out of the balloon so quickly uh, and can really uh, knock a team down. And uh, the timing of goals and how a goal gets scored is makes a difference. So, yes, they've shown that they haven't allowed as many goals. Yes, they're on the attack a lot. they got some great puck possession players here, and they're a killer on the draws. So, right there, that's going to add to puck possession time. Um, so, they love to be on the attack. That does help. Um, although, I don't think coming out of their end is always pretty. They will throw the puck, and they will stretch the puck out, and they will chase it down. They're talented that way. Um, but, certainly, they've made strides in those areas. But you're right. Come playoff time, when the games are two to one, three to two, uh, you know, and and you're you got that one goal lead you're sitting on and you're protecting, or you're or you're you're behind. And you, I watched Tampa Bay the last few years win the cup, and whether they were behind a goal or ahead of a goal uh, for two periods, it looked like the exact same team. You'd never know, and they never panicked. And that's going to be a, a big thing come playoff time is the ability to be in these tight games and, uh, and, and, and keep playing consistently the way you have to play to win. We're speaking with Gary Galley, former National Hockey League uh, player and color analyst for Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada. You know, Gary, you, you've spent almost 1,200 games in the National Hockey League. When it comes to deep pairing with the Toronto Maple Leafs, it's looked like musical chairs sometimes. How, how rare is it when you find someone that you're really comfortable with or, you know, can you work that chemistry in over a, a long period of time? Do you know when it's good, when it's bad early? Um, I mean, it, shouldn't it be you're a good player, you should play well with anybody? I think a good player can adjust to play with anybody. You're right. And the great players of our time, um, because they're playing so much, they can't play with the same guy all the time. Uh, you know, when you're playing excessive 25 minutes a game, uh, sometimes in, you know, you know, in playing with guys who play 30 minutes a game, uh, your partner is not playing 30 minutes a game. So you're playing with different people, whether it's on a penalty kill or power play or end of game with the goalie pulled or, or sometimes in the power play, you're playing with a forward on the backside. So I think you just automatically learn how to play with anybody and you play your game more importantly, right? Um, for your partner, he has to adjust to that person and, and partners adjust to their partners um, uh, upon skill level too, right? And the lesser skilled player will default to the more skilled player and make sure that he's just a good open, uh, make sure that more D to Ds are going to the person that is the better passer, the better player, that vision of the ice. So p- partnerships learn how to work together and that's what makes them so good. And uh, if you're blessed with getting a real good defense partner, like I remember in Philly, I was playing a ton of minutes in Philly, and, and they paired me with a guy, a young rookie by the name of Dmitry Iskavich. And, uh, and it was like, it, this was like such a uh, breath of fresh air. This kid was a real talent, and people looked at him as a rookie, but after six or eight games with this kid, I was like, this kid's a player. He's a player. 
I don't have to worry about him. He knows his job. And, uh, and man, oh man, we had a, we had a great couple of years playing together and, uh, became good friends. And, and those are all things too. It's not just on the ice. It's off the ice. When you're a partner with somebody, uh, it, it really does. It really can be a real good product. And that's where I, where I see all this movement of players and COVID has a lot to do with it too. Guys are in guys are out injuries. So you've got to be willing to play with other people. But when you have someone that you play with, you get the best out of those two players quite a bit and you know you look at uh, Brody and Giordano and guys that play together for a long time man they become real solid and and that's that's it's hard to find these days because coaches do tend to shift pairings and lines and juggle lines around a lot more than they did back in the day when we played where you know you could play with line mates probably for a year or two uh, now it's uh, you don't score in a period and a half, and the blender is boom, and everyone's moving around. <laughs> <laughs> Bingo, is, bango balls. Yeah, it is. Everything feels so temporary. And actually, that's what I was going to ask you about next. Is like, you know, what are guys talking about in the room in terms of priorities? How much do you care about your buddy on the team? You know, sticking around versus if you get the chance for your team to be better and your buddy gets shipped out. You know, is it more important that your team just get good players or more important that good relationships stay uh, together? Well, I think the, the, uh, the atmosphere uh, around your team uh, is extremely important. Um, one player that breathes a lot of oxygen in a room can change a lot. Um, you know, when you make a deal for a, a player, um, literally you have to analyze how many other players is it going to affect. You know, whether it's somebody, it's like two or three guys' minutes are going to drop. One guy's responsibility on the team is going to change, um, you know. And it might be a guy who's on the second unit power play that's getting a little bit of power play time, whatever, and all of a sudden you make a deal and now, you know, he's not getting any power play time. So, um, you know, players these days I find, uh, you know, because the movement is, can be detrimental to anybody, it's like a coaching change, right? When a coach, new coach comes in, it seems like six guys automatically do better, six guys do worse, and then the other guys in the middle just figure it out. And and, and it's like, and you hope it's the right guys that are that are moving along doing better. But um, I, I certainly, uh, I, it's understandable. Uh, but I like the atmosphere in the room a lot better than making a one change at the deadline uh, for a player that that, like I said, could take in a lot of oxygen and really change things. I think you got to be very careful. You know, a team like Calgary that is. Uh, that is really firing on all cylinders. Uh, they've gotten used to Sutter in there now. They understand him. Um, they get that that humor that he has that we all love so much, and uh, and and they're starting to figure out how to play for him. So they pick up a guy like Toffoli, and they do it fairly early. And Toffoli has a relationship with Sutter, so it's an easy blend in for him. He's played for him before. They've won. A, you know, they've they've won before. Uh, so now this is an easy acceptance for the team and an easy slide in with Sutter. He understands him. He's going to be able to play. Um, you bring in somebody else and, you know, it, it doesn't work. You look at line A going into Columbus. I mean, it is a nightmare, you know, with torts there. I mean, it's just not going to work. So things can change uh, and go really bad fast for sure. You know, it pains me to say this because I was a forward, but uh, a good defenseman uh, forwards are a dime a dozen compared to D and the comeback of the defenseman, and not only that, Gary, the comeback of the simple defenseman, high and hard off the glass, good first pass, uh, clear the front of the zone. They are in such demand. Luke Shen, uh, good Branson in Calgary. You wouldn't have looked twice at these guys a year and a half ago. Waivers, no waivers, whatever, move on. Now, 
Everybody wants them. Yeah. Manson? I mean, just, yeah. just, just moved. I mean, you're telling me that Colorado's not, like, thrilled to get this guy? Uh, you know, this guy's got a bit of sandpaper to him, and it, 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 not just in the bloodlines, because <laughs> you knew his father, too. Like, I mean, this kid's a gamer, and he'll come to, come to play. And you look, there's a reason why Ben Sherratt's not playing tonight. Here's another guy that fits in that ilk that you're talking about. A guy that can go out and make the opponent he's playing against miserable and, uh, and make him have his head on a swivel, make him have to take an extra look. Uh, these are important things when you have a guy on the backside that's got, you know, it could be a bit of a, a bit of a deterrent out there just from his presence. And, and, and that defenseman is important. And, and I think it's finding a team. Like Branson is such a great, uh, uh, you know, great point by you because, you know, he came to Ottawa and he struggled. He struggled in Ottawa because, you know, he's not the kind of guy that's going to go rolling out in your top four and play in all these uh, crazy important minutes. You have to find a role for him where he fits in. He's got a lot of other guys that do the other things he doesn't have to worry about, and he just focuses on the thing that he does well, which is be hard to play against, be nasty SOB, and, 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 and just, just play that way. And you know he's a good teammate. He's a great guy and a good teammate. He slides into Calgary, and he's doing wonderful. And I couldn't be happier for him. He's such a nice kid. And uh, I know coming home to Ottawa, was di- it was a disappointment for him the way it went. Uh, coming home isn't always like it, what it's kind of, you know, leaned up to be. You know, coming home sometimes can not be good. Um, but I love the fact he's doing great in Calgary and such a great ad for them. And players hate playing against him. You know, uh, it's just the way it is. If you hate playing against a guy, you're always – got it looking over your shoulder that, that's the whole calgary team right now tough to play against and right. who, who would have thought it it just took hiring a dinosaur named daryl sutter back to 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 get that done one more for you <laughs> gary before we leave is that uh i think a week ago that uh, eric uh Schalgren would have been the fourth on the depth chart for the toronto maple leafs in net he starts tonight there's no question that sheldon's gonna sit there and go we got to we got to protect this guy. What does that look like uh, from a from a defenseman perspective? What if you're watching the game tonight? How can you tell that they're really trying to protect this guy? You know what I would. You know what I I, I wouldn't put it up to being exactly the same because it's not because the the guy that came in wasn't playing in the National Hockey League or even trying to. When you look at what happened with Calgary and Toronto when Eric came in, and 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 it's like this guy comes out of the stands and puts the pads on. Well, right away, the game plan for Rod Brindamore and, and the Carolina Hurricanes changed drastically. It was like, look at insulation, insulation, simple plays. Let's don't, uh, let's don't uh, get this guy having all these quality scoring chances right away. So right away, your mindset is we just got to play a little, a little bit more control, a little safer. Uh, let's insulate him a little bit. Uh, let him feel some pucks from outside first. Let's don't give him a a 10-bell save right off the hop out of the slot one-timer. That's not what we're looking for. Let's let him calmly get himself into the game and, and work himself in. Uh, I think that is so important. So often when you see a, a, a young goalie get in there or someone that hasn't had a lot of reps and the team's playing in their end for half the period and, or more and they're giving up five, six, seven grade-A quality scoring chances and they're down three to, three to one and you're thinking, how does this kid even have a chance? Like, for Toronto, it's going to be imperative that they that they really uh, move the puck out of their zone well. Uh, don't have any of those critical errors where you you put the kid on, on on watch right off the hop. You know that's going to be really important. And when you're playing for a kid in his first game, and you're playing for a kid like this, you play harder. 
Uh, I don't care what anyone says. You do play harder. It's important. Uh, it's like when you go into a city, Kipper and Borny, when you go into a city where there was a guy who played there a long time, like Thornton going back into San Jose, you don't think those guys uh, want to play hard for him? Uh, they do. They want to play excessively hard for him. And sometimes it, it, they, they try so hard it, it doesn't go well, but they want to win bad for that guy. I think they'll want to play really hard. Uh, for him, to, uh, and I hopefully, hopefully they can uh, they can find a nice balance where they can still create some offense, but not not give up a lot of off, uh, offensive scoring chances the other way. You heard it here first, folks. Gary Galley's telling it like it is. Treat him like a Zamboni driver tonight. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it worked for Carolina. Hey, Gary, really appreciate your time as always on our show, man. Great stuff. All right, buddy. Take care of you guys. Thanks, Gary. Gary Galley, right. Sportsnet yeah. and Hockey Night in Canada. I, 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 want, I want to see it right away. I do. I know. I feel I was laughing at myself promising that the Leafs are going to be good tonight because Shelgren's in net. I still feel it. I feel it. I, that, that protectionism. We must protect this house. Treat him like he's heirs. Yeesh. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> He's still milking that 15 minutes of fame, isn't he? Oh, yeah, I, th- I think he's. I think he's actually going on Fallon tonight. Boys. Is it over? <laughs> Is it over? For the love of God! Yeah, yeah, it's over. It's over. Okay, any more contests? Should we take a quick break? Yeah, we could do actually, it now. Yes, we could, we could do it now. We want to. Uh, we, again, this is a big week, and and Frank's right. It's busy. Even when there's no trades, there's. What names are we hearing? What what are teams contemplating? Uh, how desperate are they out yeah, there? We got lots of stuff. Lots here. of stuff to pick up after the break. Uh, and also uh, Luke Fox. We're going to hear from him and get uh, his thoughts and how surprised was he when he saw Shalgren take the home net in the morning skate, which generally means you got the nod tonight. And he saw something else out there. Jake Muzzin skating with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So okay. I want to ask him about that. We'll get Luke's thoughts and so much more. And as far as the rating and reviews are concerned, hit us up. Sammy, too many bathroom breaks. If you feel that way, let us know. <laughs> Real Kipper and Born. after the break. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with J.D., Blake, and English. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The code word for today's episode to text to 59590 to qualify for your shot to win Leafs Hurricanes tickets on March 17th is Carolina. Toronto Maple Leafs at home tonight take on a team very much in contention for a National Hockey League playoff spot, the Dallas Stars, which takes one of their best assets. Klingberg, probably off the market. Does, eh? They're going to get serious about going for it? How, how, how do you trade that guy and uh, still want to make the playoffs? I don't know. Dallas seems like one of those teams caught in the middle to me. Like, just not real contenders. Are they? Also, kind of, you know, you got Sagan and Ben. You got some guys that you kind of have to go ahead with. They're, they're stuck in the middle. This feels like a dying star to me. We're just waiting for it to blow up in a year. We'll, we'll pick up on that conversation. Let's bring in Luke Fox right now, NHL uh, and Leaf writer for Sportsnet.ca. Uh, Luke, you took in uh, the morning skate today. How surprised were you to see Shalgren in the home net? Um, you know what, Kipper? I wasn't that surprised. Um, I actually, I, I wonder 
if he would have started Sunday, if it was just a normal indoor NHL game and not this grand spectacular league event um, where you, you as an organization must feel compelled to bring out the guy you gave three years and more than $11 million to, and it would have been kind of embarrassing because he went out and got custom Toronto arena pads for the occasion. Um, So, you know what? I'm not surprised because he let in another stinker. The game winner there um, from Henestrosa was a backbreaker. And I, I sense a lot of this has to do with the players in front of Mrazic. Um, These poor, poor performances are just uh, in key words, taking the wind out of their sails. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I think maybe this is a a wake-up call for Mrazic, to be sure, but also one to the team. Like, let's see if we can get a better defensive performance in front of Shalgren. Um, if you guys recall, some of the their best lockdown defense came when they were playing in front of Joseph Wall uh, months ago. So, uh, yeah, we'll see if he can run with it. This it's a it's a hail mary pass at this point, but let's let's see what he can do. I'm not one of those guys that remembers gear particularly well, but I do wonder what Shalgren's pads look like because it would have looked weird with the Toronto Arena's gear had they gone with them. You're right. That would have stuck out pretty obviously. Um, I I know one of the things you saw today was Jake Muzzin taking part in practice in some capacity. Where where is he at in his uh, participation right now? Well, put it this way, Justin, if uh, if you didn't know which guy was on LTIR, you might not know that it was Jake Muzzin just from watching practice. He put in a good, solid hour's worth the work um, or 45 minutes maybe by himself uh, just with a trainer and an extra goalie before practice this morning and then was a full participant in the morning skate uh, with uh, healthy scratch, Travis Dermott as his partner. Uh, he wasn't wearing uh, any red, no contact sweater or anything like that. Mind you, they, they weren't doing any contact drills, uh, but he was absolutely a full participant. The word is zero setbacks uh, from his most recent concussion. Obviously they're, um, you know, being cautious, putting him on LTIR, but the 24 days will be up in time for him to potentially play as early as Saturday in Nashville. Now, do they keep him out longer for precautions? Um, They're being really tight lipped. They don't want to commit because who knows what other injuries could pop up and, you know, it's a concussion and you never know when a guy's going to have a setback, but he's ramping up and he's around the team. He was there uh, even participating over the weekend. Um, And uh, by all accounts, he's feeling good. So, you know, that, that idea that fans might have had of, of kicking this down the road all the way till May, I don't think that's happening. Kind of surprising. Yeah. Kind of surprising <laughs> yeah. here. The whole yeah. focus was they get to take advantage as Tampa Bay, as Vegas, as Colorado. And you're telling me next week? I'm not. I'm not saying it's happening, but I'm saying it. It could. It wouldn't surprise me the way he looks. Um, so, you know, the, the other thing is, he's not Nikita Kucherov. He's not Patrick Kane in 2015. He's a. He's a guy I think that needs to see some game action and yeah. not just be thrown right into the fire after after not seeing NHL action for two and a half months or whatever it would be. And the other thing is, the Leafs' defense needs him. Like that top four without him, uh, even though he was maybe at 70 to 80% of prime Jake Muzzin, he still was their best defender. He cleared guys out in front of the net. He killed penalties. 
he did a lot of stuff that's not happening right now. So uh, it's not just the player and the, the his Jake Muzzin's own desire to get back and be healthy and be part of the team. I think it's also the team recognizing they need defense. And this is a guy they, they can trust to play some defense. You know, what weirds me out a little bit is the whole Travis Dermott being a scratch thing. Cause Lilligren played 10 minutes last game and got punted from the top pair to the bottom pair. You know, how bad was Dermott? Did I miss something? Like what is going on with these two? No, that's a good question. I think it's just, a matter of numbers, maybe Keith likes the natural right shot with Sandine on the bottom pair. Yeah. But I, I'm with you. Lilligren's struggled in, in the top half. Like him and Riley have, have not been good. I'm curious to see uh, what top pair Russian bear looks like tonight with Riley. <laughs> top pair Russian uh, bear. Top pair Russian bear. Let's get that going. Um, <laughs> but Keith, Keith was really high on him this morning saying, you know what? I, I don't think they love it when the puck's on his stick. But when he's defending, he said the play stops. Like the, uh, the, the opponent's cycle in their end stops when Labushkin's on. Um, he knows how to stuff out plays. Uh, uses his body, clears guys out in front of the net, pushes guys around a little bit, and the Leafs don't have a lot of that element. Um, but this is, this is Keith throwing basically every combination possible since Muzzin has been out to try and see if he can get a guy that looks good next to Riley or... If it doesn't, then it sends a message to Dubas saying, we need someone here. You know, the puck off his stick goes against every ounce of uh, belief in Dubas hockey. It is, it's so un-Toronto Maple Leafs about puck possession and skill and all of that. And now it's like, just get the puck out, clear the front right. of the zone. Defend with the right? shovel. Uh, yeah. Close the gap. High and hard Remember, off the uh, boards. Yeah, it brings you back to like the Roman Polak days. And they like, hated Roman. Yeah, yeah. They but, couldn't get rid uh, of him fast but enough. But you know what? Ron Hainsey was great with Morgan Riley. Could Labushkin be kind of Ron Hainsey? Maybe. Maybe. No, nah, Hainsey was better. Hainsey's a good player. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's the whole. I, I think you're just you're just seeing what you have. You got six days here, guys, um, and then you got to figure it out. And, and it's like that. It seems to be like that in net. It seems to be like that on the blue line and up front. Um, what combinations work? Because basically, we got the best power play in the world. We got arguably the, the best number one line, definitely the hottest number one line. We got a guy that's going for a Calder. We got a guy that's going for the rocket in the heart. What, what do we have to fill in and, and help around them? What are our best combinations to, to try and make this thing click? Go ahead. I was going to say, so Nick Robertson is one of these guys that they're going to see, okay, well, is this one of the guys who can make it click? He's playing on a line with Kerfoot at center and Nylander on the right side. I can't help but notice that Andre Kasha is on the fourth line tonight. I thought Kasha was really effective, actually maybe the best Leaf in the Winter Classic or Heritage Classic, whatever the heck it was. Um, but I thought he was good. So this this is clearly not about Kasha. Maybe this is about Robertson. I guess trying so, to give him a chance. Someone's got to play on the fourth line. Oh, well, someone's got to be. Someone's got to be your two C. Um, and I, I think Keith trusts Kerfoot. He, he likes his his defensive game, so I I think that plays into it. And then on the fourth line, you know, you got two older, slower veterans in Clifford and Spezza, and I think they want to balance that out with a little bit of speed in Kasha. I think you know, I think that's how that shakes out, but. 
You know, this is a really there's there would have been a really nice story to write today if there weren't wasn't so much uh, uh, news going on about the Robertson brothers meeting for the first time. Like oh, this yeah. is a this this game means a lot to Nick and to Jason. Um, they were both great this morning talking to them. Uh, it was their dad's uh, 65th birthday, um, so the whole family went out for dinner. Uh, this is going to be. Uh, Nick's parents' first time seeing him play live in an NHL arena because you think back, he played in the bubble with no fans allowed. Then there weren't many fans allowed last season, and then he broke his leg. Uh, and so th- this is a big game for him. You know, he had to sit out the Heritage Classic, but it means a lot to face off against his brother. They talk almost every day. Uh, they play video games together virtually all the time. They're, they're really tight. And funny story, they actually played not not that long ago, Jason was saying, in an Aurora Summer Men's League. Um, and they just lit it up on the same line. I'm just, I, I, I felt like They're I weird played kids, against man. guys like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's a weird thing to do. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Lit up a men's league. Well, yeah. the good news is if the Leafs give up five, um, Sammy will always have that family album feel for the Robertsons tonight. <laughs> Well, I, I think either Shulgren pitches a shutout or he gives up six. Either way, we got a good story. Yeah. One more, <laughs> one more before I let you go. I always liked uh, going to morning skates because you get uh, everybody that followed the Leafs on a daily basis from all forms of, you know, radio, uh, print. Uh, and, you know, you end up talking to each other a lot. Uh, I don't know how it is now, whether it's alleviated with uh, – the softening of uh, the rules around COVID, but what was the buzz today, particularly around this Leaf team with 23 uh, games to go? Yeah, no, it's it's coming back. Ever since we got off the Zoom and we're actually doing in-person avails, it's a lot better, and there's lots of chatter amongst the reporters, and more visiting reporters are also coming into town, so that's always good to get perspective on the visiting team as well. Uh, yeah, the, basically it's like, they need a save. I mean, we're we're got, we're on a run of six straight games where they've given up four or more, um, and I, I don't think that's all on Mrazek, but it's certainly part of it. And you know, ten of twelve when they've given up four or more. I mean, they just they just need to. to Do they out think fewer. the Leafs suck or not? <laughs> well, they're not playing playoff hockey, um, but the, the silver lining is it's happening now and not a month from now i mean what did we say going into this year all that matters is playoffs so how are they playing at the end of april do they make an ad in the next six days that gets them on track does jack campbell come back from his rib injury and look more like uh the jack campbell we saw in november i think that's what really all that matters but uh the panic in Leafs nation right now is is nothing short of entertaining you saved my question there with a good answer (laughs) Good job, Luke. (laughs) Thanks, Luke. All right. Enjoy the game. It should be a fun one, actually. You too. Okay. Luke Fox, sportsnet.ca. I I don't know. A month and a half ago, two months ago, Sammy was ready uh, uh, mapping out the Stanley Cup parade. This is the team. Right. I just don't know where that pendulum's gone now with uh, a lot of people. The other way. Just the full other way. Especially with the media. Yeah. The point that you and Luke have both made today and, you know, great minds think alike, was the the one that it's happening now and not at the end of April. And that one has made me feel a little better. Good. A little better. All right. I came in here feeling bad about the lease. Everything else is pretty much fine. I don't really have anything to complain about. Snowing. 
Oh, yeah, it's horrible. I can see the reflection of the snow. It's just really Awful. depressing. But, hey, it's better now than Thursday. Thursday's going to be plus 17. Yeah, there you go. The sun will come wow. out. Wow, you're really just Mr. Positive I today. Am. <laughs> Thank wow. you for noticing. Yeah, I'm really liking this. Good. So you're thinking so the least. So then you feel really yeah. good about the Robertson family reunion. So I was going to uh, say. I'm not I, that sensitive. I bet my <laughs> left Testicle. ear. Bag. Oh, we're doing it. Okay. Um, that that's why Robertson's on the second line. Oh my God! He's the anti Babs. Please, he's, he's the anti Babs. Babs would definitely be sitting up tonight. Please, I, this tell is a chance. Me this playing his brother, a, no. his family's in town. You know what? From California, if, if that they didn't want to spezza him on opening night. If that's true, I bet you it is. I'm finding new work. <laughs> I bet you it's partially true. It's not the sole this reason. This is the NHL. But it's a, if they were, this is professional hockey. Nobody. That's the last thing that they should be thinking about, Kyle. I'll clarify. It was 100% mentioned as part of the reasons when they were making the lines. Should we, should we, I don't know, maybe he could be on the fourth line. You know what? Let's just give him his family's here. I bet you it came up. Oh, my God. I agree (laughs) with what Borny's saying, and I agree agree with what Kipper's saying. I'm not listening. (laughs) This is the NHL. This is the best league in the world. Blah, 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 blah. I'm not listening to that. I you shouldn't. I but, bet you. I bet well, you. I bet you. You're kind of right. Oh, I am right. Yeah. <laughs> that so, scares me. It's the anti-Babs. Yeah. Babs would be well, sitting you know why, tonight though? for your They, they would argue option. that it would be for a competitive advantage. I think that you put p- people in a position where you know they they're feeling good and they feel good about the organization and that they weren't screwed over. So I can't his- get this guy to play great hockey, but. This emotional family tie will do pump. it for me. This could be it. This could be the thing. What is going on in this world? I don't know. It's a great question. <laughs> but I don't like that second line at all. Oh, it's gross. I, 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 I mean, compared to what it could be with, you know, I think Kosh is a nice fit and Willie in the middle, Kerfoot on one side. It's just, that's just a mishmash thrown together just because of the lack of options. Kerfoot, Nylander, and Robertson. Robertson. Uh, I How- mean, uh, are they... 250 combined. Oh. Willie's like two something, isn't he? <laughs> over, over under, like, over under seriously. minutes together for that team. There's it's, our, it's, there's ju- our ba- it's not heavy line. boys. It's not heavy in style. Yeah. No, it's not. Are they going to last the full first period that line? Well, that's a great question. And Dallas They're gonna needs play well wins. The team's playing well tonight. Dallas, that. Dallas uh, if I'm not mistaken, Vegas and Winnipeg tonight. But Vegas loses, Dallas wins. Vegas is out, Dallas is in. Well, by points percentage, Dallas is ahead of Vegas. So it's uh, Dallas has played four less games than Vegas, and I think they're two points back. So Dallas is in a playoff spot. They're I scrapping mean, and clawing. Veteran team, a lot of good players in that team. I am. Uh, it's a tough one for the East tonight. No, you're not getting a rollover. And I'm hearing Vegas right now working the phones. They're They're... All the changes. Think about all the major changes they've made in the last two years. Yeah. And they are scrambling right now to, Probably to try still to go Claude make some changes. <laughs> Honestly, Vegas feels like they're in on everyone all the time. Surely they've reached the point where they just can't add any more, Kipper. They may have to figure out a way to get Mark Stone back in the lineup before the end yeah. of the season. That's going to take some, some, uh, some juggling here. Martinez, I don't know if he's played yet. He may be ready to play, but I don't even know 
where that stands as far as their salary cap is concerned, if it's more beneficial for him, for them to wait on Martiz, Martinez, if he's not playing already. He's not. He hasn't he played has, since November yeah. 11th. Okay. So that that's interesting in itself. It's like they could have guys that can play. They just can't put in the lineup because of their cap situation. Their numbers are so big, too. You'd have to take out so many that, guys to get in five. That is one owner that will go ballistic if they miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Well, put, put them on notice. Put them on notice because they're... Petrangelo, Mark Stone, and Jack Eichel. Like, those are big, big decisions in such a short period of time for that, that team and that franchise and the expectations that they have. Missing the playoffs? Yeah. Eichel, I mean, $10 million. Is you, you're not expecting him to come in and be an okay point-per-game guy. Obviously, it's going to take him some while, uh, a while to get up to speed. but You need him to be the kicking-down-the-door offensive dynamo guy. In the last two weeks, too, you've had um, Jonathan Marchessault go to the media and say, we need to work harder. He's like, when we used to win, you know, early early in the days here with Vegas, we worked, we worked, we worked. And then uh, yesterday, Chandler Stevenson had a quote where he said, and it'll fit in nicely uh, with the recent theme where he said they need to give give their, I, I, I want to say, I, I think he said give their nuts a tug is what he said. <laughs> give them a pull, give them a something, give them a squeeze. What is with you and like That's what he said, I didn't and- say it. Bags and I didn't say it. Look at it. We're going to play it on Hockey Central tonight before the the show, so it's uh, <laughs> it's coming. But anyway, the point is, Working these guys think it's off. a <laughs> they think it's a work ethic thing. The guys who are in the lineup don't believe their team is working right now. Is that DeBoer in trouble then? I not, that I don't see it. I don't see it. Yeah, but what I see team is doesn't work. Is unloading a five million dollar player maybe. In Marcheseau or Riley Smith, and I don't know how they can do that. They're they're still big parts of the team. Yeah, grab their nuts and just work. You're right. That's it's funny though. If you if you move those guys, then the sort of original identity of the team is it's pretty much gone. Is there anyone? Are those the only holdovers? I'm trying to think of other guys that are Misfits. still in that that team that when they what year was they come in? 2016, 2017. Is that their first year? 2018. They went to the final in the first year, which I think was 2017. Meet in the middle in your guesses. Call it 2017. doesn't matter. I don't know. But there's, it's crazy the amount of turnover. And you think of them as this elite team, but there's just barely any of the same guys. It's crazy how quickly they've changed. This has been the criticism. Brian Burke was all over them when they were trading out guys that they had brought there. Like you try to make it a destination the guys want to go to, players want to be a part of it, and then you ship them out. And you know, Stasny was one of the guys that was in, then he was out. Uh Flurry in, then bucks, he was out. Stasny. Yeah. Like I mean guys that really got Stasny was even there from Vegas. 2018, Washington Capitals versus Vegas. 19 was St. Louis, 20 Tampa, 21 Tampa, 22 up for grabs. Very nice. 2018. Very nice. And that's as far as I can go back. <laughs> Same. Total. After that, my life's a blank. <laughs> was it Pittsburgh year before? Five years. Pittsburgh year before. I yeah, think. two years before. Yeah, back maybe. to back. Yeah. I don't know. Great so stuff. Here. We, uh, yeah, we, <laughs> scintillating. We mentioned uh, Colorado still mm-hmm. in play. We think for for something bigger. Uh, yeah. I have Claude Giroux. I have a two team race right now okay. between Florida and Colorado. 
He's in the driver's seat. He's got a no move, which could probably dictate that Philly may not get the price that ultimately they really want. Like, let's be honest here. When we're talking about UFAs, whether it's Ben Chirot in Montreal or Claude Giroux in Philadelphia, you got your ask, but you'll still take a second before you keep them at home. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So that's what probably those teams are going to wait them out for. So we probably won't see those guys move early, if I had to guess. Or you know what the two teams are willing to offer, yeah. and you say, okay, I'm going to take this deal. I, I hope I'm wrong, and I'll probably, as as these words come out, there'll be like two or three trades that come down. Right. But I, I think it's going to be a quiet week until a, a, a Friday scenario where it's like, that's it. Show your cards. Yeah. It's interesting looking at the Florida Panthers, who you mentioned as maybe the preferred destination for Giroux. Yes. And Cervelli went on about looking at the opportunity. You know, where do you fit in if you do end up in these places? It is a contract year. You don't want to go there and get lost. I thought Frank's implication was that Colorado was somewhere that Giroux felt he could get lost, you know, like where he wouldn't be a priority talent-wise. Sam Bennett is the second-line center on Florida right now. Sam Bennett is good, very good. But if he's your 3C, you're pretty comfortable with that, I think. Like, Drew probably gets more opportunity playing with Reinhardt, Huberto, Verhage, those guys as wingers yeah. in Florida. So I can see Florida as a preferred spot for him, too. The, name, the, too. the name Hurdle, San Jose, pending uh, unrestricted free agent. That name's intriguing. I wonder if it might be tough, but could Colorado go after a guy like that? Yeah. Well, you're talking about clear, clearing the cap space for someone big. That would fit the mold. They're going to lose Kadri. I don't know what Hurdle could end up with. Could he get as high as $8 million next year? On the on the open market, I think so. Okay. I like. Well, him. then that would be tricky. Seven. That would be tricky. But they're going to need, they're going to need something to play behind. Next year, they're going to need something to play behind uh, McKinnon. Mm-hmm. So you think Kadri's gone? They just uh, can't afford Kadri's, to pay him. Kadri, Kadri's going to be gone. But uh, I mean, Hurdle could be more expensive than Kadri. So yeah. I don't know whether or not that makes sense. Uh, uh, that would be a hard one long term, with. Kale McCarr's contract in there, mm-hmm. kicking in at, uh, what, the nine plus. But Hurdle's going to be interesting for me this week. Yeah, because there was initial speculation he might be available, and then that kind of got pulled back from what I had heard, and now still possible, still available out there. That's interesting. You know, some of the names, um, well, you know, we, we kick these around with Frank. I don't know if we want to do these again or do uh, – but guys like Lawson Kraus, would he be an option? Hat-trick the other night. Had a hat-trick the other night. He looks really good in Arizona. Huge guy who can play. Callie Yarncroc, Brandon That's the guy Hagel. I thought the Leafs should have gotten. Yarncroc. Or Kraus. Kraus. Still could, right? Big body. Yeah. Hat-trick turns around and, you know, where are we with the American kid that the Leafs have? Not, uh, nice. Nice. Yeah. I mean, everything, he's he's gaining a cult following from you, the fan base. He, he has turned into Robertson of a year and a half ago. Yeah. And right? Untouchable. Uh, they'd probably rather keep number him one. than Robertson, yeah. But, but if the Leafs were going to do something significant 
like, I don't know, Lindholm, Anaheim. Oh, yeah. Campus. Campus. Yeah. Well, yeah, then you got to. That's then, then you have to build with one of those type of prospects. I think you would do that. Would you? I mean, that's a big cost for a rental guy, but. Well, that, that you got to turn around and uh, I don't know if they, they'd have to move more salary out. See, that's the one where you trade for him, you sign him, and then I'll tell you right now, then then you move Nylander in the summer. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, there's no reason to rule out trades. And then you substitute $7 million contract for seven and a half yeah. million dollar contract. And Lindholm's 30. You, you've traded a forward for a defenseman, which people have been telling you for years that you're too top heavy. Yeah. Not a bad idea. Interesting to see how aggressive the Leafs want to get here in terms of... At this point, I'm not really worried about... At the same time, the Leafs have been so willing to trade picks and, you know, they're just... They've, the, the cupboards aren't necessarily bare. Obviously, they've done a good job finding guys like Nyes, finding guys... Uh, and it's just scary to deal all of them because... Yes. You know, they're devoid of cheap talent. But they they are, need cheap talent. But they, they're, they're missing the, 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 the sure thing. For sure. Like the top yes. prospects. Like you can talk about the, the, the draft picks that they have. Yeah, but big toppy Nimola guy? Any, <laughs> any, Ronnie any, 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 any complete, like, can't miss prospects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nyes is apparently the closest they have. The, the, the prospect yeah. guys love yeah. Nimola. Like they loved Nick Robertson a year and a half ago. Yeah. I mean, Nick Robertson's playing in the top six tonight. Big family affair. So maybe, maybe they were right. Yeah, but that's only because it's a family <laughs> moment, not because he's doing really well. No, it's, it's because it's a great like. There's gonna have like a sketch artist there to put the whole family <laughs> together, maybe before the game. So, how do you feel? By the way, I sorry for blurting out weird kids when they said that they played, they dominated some Aurora I would hope so. game, but like I would hope so. Okay, weird thing. So how do you feel about teams right now sitting guys like Ben Sherratt not going to play? Like, should Chikrin have been sitting out? Should Sherratt sit out? How do you feel about the competitive? Yeah. You know, can you complain about that as a team saying, you know, this team's not dressing their best yeah. players? I don't know. Do you uh, care? Yeah. Uh, I'm okay, I think, with somebody missing a game or two. Right around now, it makes sense. I'm. I think you know. At the end of the it. day, they're your assets. Play them, don't play them. That's up to you. Yeah. You can just make somebody a healthy scratch. You can turn around and say just as easily, "You stink. I'm not playing you tonight." And you're sitting for a week. Well, that's why doesn't the NBA have something with load management? Can don't they get fined if it's certain guys or there's some restrictions in place? They can't just rest guys whenever well, they want. They got mad a while. <clears throat> excuse me. They got mad a while back when the Spurs did it against like. It was against LeBron on national TV. Right. And they, they healthy scratched. I was going to say they load managed like four or five of their guys. Yeah. And they got pissed off. They find them. But I don't know if you really get fined anymore because everyone does it. So. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I'm with you, Kipper. You're your guys. You should yeah. be able to play who you want when you want. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Chickering will be interesting here. They've, he's been out there for a very long time. He's like, uh, like uh, Jake DeBrusque. Yeah. <laughs> DeBrusque has been on the trade market yeah. for two years. Just used to being on the trade market. Probably doesn't even think about it. Just, I would feel terrible, wouldn't it? Just every day waiting to, for the rug to be pulled out. And Chickering's been hurt a little bit here and there. I don't know how teams would feel like 
maybe a, a better maybe a better deal in the off season. Yeah. At this point when you're mm-hmm. it's starting to feel like Arizona was trying to drum up some massive deal. And when the massive deal hasn't come, that he's not really that available. Like they're just saying, yeah. but I don't know. He looked good last week, boys yeah. uh, up and down the ice here in Toronto. I like and I think, I think the ask is fair. I don't think it's, it's out in left field. Okay. So just saw, this is from a little while ago. This trickled onto my uh, feed here. And uh, Dylan Cousins was talking today about uh, his hit on Matthews in the outdoor game. Do you guys want to hear what he said? Yeah, yes. sure. He said, just seeing what he did to Darlene, it was a really dirty cross check and a very dangerous cross check. So I decided to go out there and finish my check on him. And obviously a couple of guys didn't like that, but I'd do it again if I had to. Got away, Dylan. See, there you if go. I'm a Buffalo Sabre fan, I love that. Yeah. Absolutely love that. He, he says, Dalene is a guy, he's a star player, a young defenseman, one of the best defensemen in the league, and he's going to be a great player for us. So that's a guy on anyone on his team would stick up for. So I got to yep. take exception to that one. Great. That's, you got to love and that. And I hate it if I'm a Leaf fan. Absolutely hate it. Ah, what do you hate about it? He was captain of Don't the Don't want you touching my guy. I, I like, I like I would have just, he wouldn't have got certain guys in a certain era, wouldn't have mm-hmm. let him within five feet of of Matthews. Yeah. That's all you would have been watching with 90 seconds on the clock on a 5-2 score. God, and that was, was something, though, in, in your era, that was really something when the score was like 5-1 and someone had been hit at some point. You just watch the next, like, rest of the game through, through your fingers. <laughs> like, I, oh, I just... No, you, well, as a fan, I, I guess you're right in there. But if you're on the bench, you're maybe a little more squeamish. You're only watching like this when you got, like, the Leaf goalies the last uh, <laughs> week and a half, two weeks. Well, I just remember junior games when I was a kid that were four hours long. Oh, yeah. When their game gets to be 5-1, you're like, oh, boy, here we go. It's the worst when you're like me and you're not tough and you're running out of players on the bench. It's like, oh, they're going to throw me out there and, soon. And people are saying, well, it's a clean check. And it's like, no, you don't understand. It's, He's going after It's him. irrelevant. This makes it it's even dirt. This it makes is, it even it, more it's, like it's that. It's an unnecessary hit. Not clean or dirty. Depends what side you're on for the necessity. Yeah, like... You know, for Buffalo, yes. he's going out there and for saying, Buffalo, yeah. it's a necessity. Yeah. I deem it as unnecessary, right. and uh, that's why all hell should break loose. Yeah, and it did. It would but be really wonderful if all Buffalo of a sudden were the good. Sabers have got a little bit of a strut now. Yeah, I agree with what Borny just said there. It would be an awesome to have the rivalry with the Sabers being good. All the teams are here. Ottawa get good. Montreal obviously had their last year. Yeah, well, and, maybe not Montreal. Not in Montreal. Yet, <laughs> yeah, but they can stay where they are. I don't you know think what kind of got a little underplayed out of that outdoor game is that uh, a forty-one-year-old goaltender <laughs> yeah. making seven fifty. Maybe maybe Leafs could trade for him. Right. I don't know the guy who let one go Craig, under his armpit there. And, Craig Anderson looked like. Like prime Craig Anderson in Ottawa. I don't know. No, he was good. <laughs> I I know I'm exaggerating. <laughs> no, it's a radio show. <laughs> I know I'm exaggerating. <laughs> Sorry for calling he, you out for the very thing we were paid to do. <laughs> he looked pretty good. Yeah, he did against Toronto. High octane offense, best goal scorer in the world. He's huge. He looked He's a lot pretty of person. good. He's yeah. just a huge goalie. I think his gear may be illegal. There was a, a picture that... <laughs> Too much gear. Anthony Stewart has a picture with him. Stewie's uh, Scotty Pippen for Halloween, and, and Craig Anderson's on his team. Craig Anderson was like 30 in the picture. Still looked 42. Oh, he, looks, he, he has <laughs> looked the exact same. forever. Yeah. Was that... <laughs> 
It was him that was in net when they beat Col- when Colorado upset San Jose all those years back in the playoffs, and he was unbelievable. Dan Boyle scored in his own net. I, you guys are looking at me like I don't. I, I can't believe I remember this stuff, but you guys have no idea what I'm talking yeah, about. Kipper remembers nothing. You got everything. Nothing, I'm nothing before 2018. <laughs> in a nutshell. Uh, How about Edmonton? You want to talk about a few teams that's yeah. kind of caught in the middle? Mm-hmm. Ken Holland. Which way do you go? Which way do you go? I think it's, you just ride it out. But that's the thing. How do you look at Connor and be like, oh, you know, we're not good enough and we're also not going to do anything. So have that attitude and miss the playoffs. Whoa. Is Kenny going to want to be there anyway? Like, doesn't, every time you hear him talk, doesn't he just sound kind of sick of it? He's making five. Five a year. Yeah, but he'd only have uh, two years left. Wouldn't he? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. No, I'm not saying, but I mean, the implication's not that he doesn't care. Of course, no, he cares a great deal, but say. he does yeah. care. Yes. But, but what, what do you tiring. do? Tiring. Yeah. I don't know. This Edmonton team is starting to roll. Ryan McLeod is playing better. He's in the top six now, getting some offense and some run with some good players. They're getting saves from Miko Koskinen. You know, that's what they're doing. They're keeping and, Koskinen. And Jay Woodcroft has, has come in done and a good job. done a really good job of bringing in the rest of the roster, not named McDavid and Dreisaitl. Jesus, Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, Yes. Yeah. It's really nice to hear about some of the other players on that team. And, and they have been getting help. You know, Pulley Harvey's been good this year. McLeod's starting to help out a little bit. You know, they're, they're a flawed team. They really feel like Dallas where it's like not really a contender, but probably getting the playoffs. All right, you got any uh, bets for us? Should we give you credit on um, on Connor Brown scoring? Two things. We had the over two, two yesterday. Two yesterday. Yeah, had the over in that game, and uh, Sammy actually had Connor Brown, I think. So uh, please remember that when the rest of them are losers. Uh, but tonight, <laughs> the Toronto Maple Leafs really – so the Maple Leafs at home never get decent odds. Tonight, minus 140 to beat Dallas at home, Dallas being a – out of playoff team right now, right on the fringe. How do you like that, Sammy? Minus one forty. You take Toronto at home for that. I think with Shalgren, with Shalgren, no Matthews. It is a all-time dog. The uh, this the stars tonight. If you like to gamble and you're a sharp, I guess you would say betting on Dallas. Big money on Dallas tonight. Plus I'm not, I'm not going to do it because it's just. I mean, I want to do the happiness. Dallas is coming off a loss. Uh, two, yeah. Two. Yeah. Here's what I... <laughs> oh, they're going to be desperate. Here's what I like tonight to score. Plus 440. Bet 10 bucks. Win 44. Is there one for Nick the, Robertson for to score? Brothers? Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> How about both brothers to score Parlay in the game? Both? Let me build the Let me bet build this for you, and I'll give you a number. But yes, it is possible to do that. Uh, it's going to be too complicated while we're on the air. But yes. Um, so plus 440 for Nick. I imagine Jason's a bit lower than that, but... Yeah, probably in the... Plus 250 range. One of them is definitely going to score tonight. We're going to get a crowd shot of mom and dad. The first time they've seen Nick play in the NHL tonight. He'll be with, on the second line, with Willie Nylander, Alex Kerfoot. It's exciting for them. Love the Stars' value tonight. You know, they might not win, but you that's to take them as a dog with the way the Leafs are playing with with Schalgren and Nett, that's, that's an easy bet if you like to. That's a team money. and an organization, too, that... Like, they could use some extra playoff cash this year. Dallas. Yep. You and, just think the yep. uh, COVID I, I hit think, them hard? I think they're a vulnerable organization. 
And uh, one of those that uh, probably took it harder than most clubs with COVID, I, I think it's absolutely paramount that they, they try to make the playoffs this year, and that's why we won't see too much happening. I wonder if there's more organizations that feel that pinch this year coming I'll t- off the I'll past tell you two a years. Team that, that is very sensitive because of uh, their fickle market, and that's Jimmy Rutherford in Vancouver. Hmm. And I, I don't believe that JT Miller is going to be traded, but I especially don't believe he's going to be traded because he has been their best player, and I think it would have a very negative effect on that market. Hmm. And I think, they, I think they, they, a little squeezed. They, they know it. Mm-hmm. Like how many, they'd have what, 12, 14 home games left? Yeah. I don't know if it would sit well. Not to mention the possibility so, of another couple of, you know, home playoff and, dates. Two or three of those wouldn't hurt either. And my big theory about the homecoming stuff with the Western teams coming into Canada for their one visit, coming to Toronto for their one visit. Not a ton of guys from Toronto on, on, the, uh, on the Stars. Just uh, sag- Sagan from Brampton. So bet on a Sagan goal tonight, too, if, they, if you want to do that. But, yeah, not a big homecoming night for uh, the Stars. Good. There you go. A lot of guys from uh, – got some, a lot of Swedes, Finns. <laughs> Sammy Gamble's in you an interesting way. <laughs> you feel good about no Ontario guys well, on half, Dallas? half the Coyotes were from Ontario. The they played for, fired they played for Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> right. You poor thing. You got to deal with this for, like, my 41 games a year. Yeah, my whole life. All right, fun show today. Gary Galley, our thanks. Frank Saravelli, Luke Fox. The Shalgren era. Shalgren show. Begins tonight. Does he get all 60 minutes in quickly, JB? Yes, and they win. And they win. You heard it here, folks. Thanks for joining us. See and hear you tomorrow.